You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yes, welcome back to the program. Final hour of the show this morning before Jimmy Smith takes over. This is Mornings with... Matt White uh, joining me soon. Sydney Kings CEO Chris Pongrass from over there in Auckland after the Kings went down. So it goes to a decider. We'll do that soon. The host of the first serve on SEN, Brett Phillips, will join me live from Indian Wells. If you missed any of the roundup with Matty Johns, catch up now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. Just search up mornings with Matt White. What has happened this morning? Well, in golf, Scotty Scheffler has won the Players' Championship and pocketed $4.5 million US. So close to $7 million for Scotty Scheffler. It was a five-shot win in the end. So rounds of 68, 69, 65 in round three, and 69 yesterday, which is three under, uh, this morning I should say, which is three under for the day. He finishes at 17 under the card, five shots clear of Tyrrell Hatton, um, who fired a final round 65, was the biggest mover on day four. In fact, he moved 24 places to finish in second. Victor Hovland and Tom Hogue uh, tied for third. Hideki Matsuyama raced up the charts as well to finish at nine under. And the Australians were in the mix. Minwoo Lee was in that last group with Scheffler. He would end up in a tie for sixth alongside Cam Davis at eight under. So a final round 76 for Minwoo Lee, which is four over. And a final round, 74 for Cam Davis, which is two over for the day. Uh, they finish inside the top 10 in the Players' Championship. Jason Day finished at minus six in a tie for 19th. Uh, the fourth test, Australia v India, well, it's still going, uh, which is a bit of a miracle in itself, given the way that this series has played out. And it appears as though we won't have a tied series, even though uh, India have already won that trophy. But Australia, of course, looking to win the final two tests of that series. It looks as though it's going to end in a draw. Australia will resume at no wicket down for three runs on the board. Travis Head, Matt Kuhneman. So Kuhneman sent out as night watchman. I mean, seriously, could you could you have really thought of a, a different manner in which this series would play out than the way it has across the board? Here's Matt Kuhneman taking wickets, now opening the batting, obviously, as night watchman. Usman Kawaja in a little bit of strife uh, injury-wise, and he leaves the field. Steve Smith captains the last two tests. I mean, everything's been going on. 480 and none for three means that uh, Australia trail by 88 runs. India with their total of 571, with Virat Kohli scoring his first century in what, three years, 186. Shubman Gill, 128. And Akshar Patel, 79. Lyon and Murphy were the wicket-takers, main wicket-takers for Australia with three wickets each. Uh, Nathan Lyon, three for 151. And Todd Murphy, three for 113. So full coverage on the SEN app today when play gets underway on day five of that series. Now, the supercars, uh, the opening event of the championship on the streets of Newcastle. 
And it was a, a breakthrough in so many ways. The Gen 3 cars, the Mustangs and the Chevy Camaros going head-to-head for the first time. And boy, was there some drama. So Shane Van Gisbergen wins on Saturday and that victory is taken off him by the time they get to Sunday for um, putting in the dry ice in the wrong spot in the car is the easiest way to put it. They thought that they were okay to put it alongside the driver's leg. It has to go essentially where the passenger seat would normally go. It's a technical infringement, and because of that, they lose the race win on Saturday. And then they come out and win it on Sunday, but what happened thereafter was a bit of drama. The other part of the breakthrough was the radio coverage right here on SEN, which we're so proud to have rolling out for season 2023. Sunday coverage of all supercars events. Headed up, uh, Jimmy Smith in the studio, Aaron Noonan trackside, James Moffat, of course, experienced driver as part of our team. Here's how Noon's called Shane Van Gisbergen getting the win yesterday in Newcastle. He's on his way home, down the hill, near Nobby's Beach for the final time. The crowd giving him a warm celebration, a warm welcome as he's on his way to the chequered flag. Yesterday, he won. He had it taken away from him for a technical infringement. This one... No problems with pit stops and dry ice and where the cool box was. He's been cool, calm and racy. Shane Van Gisbergen wins race two on the streets of Newcastle. The margin back to Chaz Mostert. At the end is four and a half seconds. Mostert's on the podium. He's the championship leader. There you go. So Noons with the call yesterday. And then what happened in the press conference and, in fact, on the TV broadcast afterwards was Shane Van Gisbergen shutting up shop. Now, there's been a lot of talk around the introduction of the Gen 3 cars, how difficult they are, how different they are for the drivers. David Reynolds featured on this program right here after the testing uh, before round one and talked about the disparity and the changes that were needed in that. That got supercars officials, I'm told, offside. Now, they're very prickly about this sport in all ways and forms because it's meant to be a parody sport. So no matter which side of the fence you're on, you want to be on equal footing. It's never really going to play that way, but everybody's a little bit touchy around this. So by the time Shane Van Gisbergen, who had the race one victory taken off him because of the technical infringement and had a bit of a slap down, I believe, from supercars about some comments he made in regards to these new Gen 3 cars, went into full shutdown mode. At the press conference, hosted by Chad Nalon, who's been part of the supercar setup for a long, long time. Now, here's the drill, folks. Top three go and sit in front of the press conference. It's quite often broadcast. It's the only time the journos can really get a handle at the back end of an event. And they're hit with questions from somebody who's very well-respected and very experienced as well. Here's how it played out. Bouncing back, uh, I imagine there was a bit of disappointment with the team today. So did that make today's race win even a little bit sweeter? Yeah, so basically just repeat what I said on track. Like, thanks to my team, our cars were awesome. Um, but, yeah, all our talking was done on the track today. So thank you. There was a uh, little... No, mate, it's a press conference. We've got to ask you questions. There was obviously that battle at Turn 9 between yourself and Chaz. Uh, can you talk us yeah. through it just from your point of view? All the talking was done on track today. Mate, thank come you. on. Are you serious? He was. He was, and Chad uh, makes some very good points there. Uh, A, are you serious? And B, come on, mate, it's a press conference. That's what a press conference is designed for, and that's part of your responsibility 
and I've seen plenty of talk around this, is the responsibility as the champion of the sport, the responsibility as a driver in this sport, as an athlete in this sport, as a competitor in this sport, and as the face of the sport as well. OJ on the text line says, Matty is a Red Bull fan. I've got to say, yes, he is a great driver, but SVG comes across as having a massive chip on his shoulder. Always has done with his smarmy answers when he's interviewed. Another one, Matty, what was your take on his comments at the press conference after that race to win? SVG being Shane Van Gisbergen. You probably saw the thoughts and um, words from both Garth Tander and Mark Scaife on the broadcast afterwards. So, look... Let me put this into perspective around the prickly nature of all of this and the fact that the organisation itself, the championship, doesn't like being questioned but does want its drivers to speak out. There's a little bit of we want this much but we don't want that much. So that's going on in the background here. That's the politics at play in the background. That's where it should stay. Now, Shane Van Gisbergen coming out and completely and utterly disrespecting the fans, the press, and Chad Nalon in this case, who's an experienced and very, very, very well-respected figure in the supercars pit lane, is shameful. Now, if you've got a problem with the way that you've been slapped down or had a race taken off you, not by supercars, by the way, that comes from Motorsport Australia. That's done under the banner of Motorsport Australia. If you've got a problem with that, you go and take it up with them. But Shane Van Gisbergen decided to take that up with you, the listener, you, the viewer, and you, the Supercars fan, who pays for the tickets and everything else that goes with it. To me, it wasn't the sign of a champion. It was the sign of somebody having a dummy spit, throwing the toys out of the cot and being shamefully disrespectful to those who do not deserve it. And mostly, that means you. The guy's got form in this department. He's never been great with the media, and that's fine. You're not always meant to be. They've worked very hard with him to try and get him to make sure that he is, because that's part of the game. But you don't slap down the fan in this. The fan does not deserve it. Am I talking out on the track? I'm not going to answer any questions. you got a problem with supercars. Take it up with supercars. Don't take it out on those that are funding the sport, essentially, and making the world go round. It's a bit of a pity because it was a pretty spectacular weekend, but, gee, it adds some spice, doesn't it? Let's see where that one takes us. Let me know your thoughts. 0457 736 736. Sydney Kings v New Zealand Breakers. Finals game number five. So it all comes down to this on Wednesday night at Kudos Bank Arena after being beaten 80 points to 70 against New Zealand over there in Auckland. And joining us on the phone from across the Tasman is Chris Pongrass, the Sydney Kings CEO. Good morning to you, Chris. Good morning, mate. Thank you for having me on. That's all right. What's been the reaction after that 10-point loss yesterday? Yeah, it was a, t- it was a tough game. Um, you know, they came out and competed in front of a, a record New Zealand crowd. And our, you know, coming away with an L, that that's the whole reason why we we chase down first place to to be able to have home court advantage. So you pack that one away, you watch some film and recover, and then it's on to the next one. So there's some really good takeaways for us. Um, you know, I think we we 
played pretty poorly in stretches and to be able to still keep it close throughout, I think is a testament to our guys and gives us a lot of confidence coming into game five. So what was the process after the loss? I mean, how much time does Chase and the team spend reviewing quickly and getting things done, knowing that it's a fairly quick turnaround between now and Wednesday night? You know what? Honestly, in these situations, not as much, right? You talk to the group after the game, you go back and recover and have dinner and they'll do some film. You know, guys get some film today um, and then do a film session tomorrow and then we play Wednesday because, you know, quite honestly, there's not too much change to make you know we've we've played the same way the whole season and there's some little tweaks here and there um but for us it's just executing the scout and so uh, there's not you know there's not going to be a knee-jerk reaction and change this and change that and it's it's we're just got to play our own basketball and and we've been successful doing so so to that end you know it's it's confidence in what we've been doing all year you see this group day in day out you see them after wins and you see them after losses um Give me a, a feeling of what you see from the group at the moment. Obviously, you'll you'll assemble soon at the airport and start to head back, but it's been an interesting championship series in particular, like a, a real up-and-down roller coaster. So what's what's your view of the playing group and their mindset? Yeah, no one wants to lose, right? So, uh, you know, you, you take it hard on the night, but then I've seen, obviously, a couple of them even for breakfast this morning and, you put it put it aside. You package it away. You take away the, the 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 bad things and the good things that you can do to change. But for us, I think it's a little bit of excitement. To be honest, you know, I, I was saying to Paul Smith, our chairman and owner last night, you know, the best two words in sport is generally game seven. But for the NBL, the best two two words is is game five. I mean, what a better way to be able to cap off this season than a do or die it's nil nil we're playing at home in front of you know we just had a record-breaking crowd and and ticket sales are flying so for us i mean i think there's a there's a lot of excitement going this is what these players live for this is exactly the dream is to play in you know a loud arena that's cheering you on in you know a championship game what about your coach so we know the passion that chase puts out there uh, on the court and off the court as well. And this is part of your job, I guess, as the CEO of the organisation to deal with these things. Do you think there's anything further to come out of his comments from last night's press conference and the fact that he, he'd had enough in the end and just and just walked out? I don't think there's anything to come to it. And to be quite honest, you know, I've seen reports of him storming out and this and that. That was not it at all. He copped a really uh, weird question, a leading question um, by a New Zealand journalist that I think he handled it pretty well. He smiled, he thanked him, and he said, I'm done. So he ended the press conference on his terms, and I don't think there's a narrative that he stormed out and this and that. I think he handled it really well. And what was his message then to the players and, and to the broader group after last night? He's just come together, play Kings basketball, defend the way we want to defend, make shots and, and stick together as a group and not fracture. And I think we, we let some other things about the, you know, um, the way the game was trending leak into how we're performing. And I think it's just us coming together. The crowd that you mentioned, Chris, 18,049 in game three on Friday night was absolutely extraordinary and a record. So how many can you squeeze into Kudos Bank Arena? What can you push in there on Wednesday night? 
Well, 72 hours is always a difficult time frame to be able to sell. <laughs> but as of this morning, we sold over eight and a half thousand in 12 hours. So, you know, I was I was questioning how many we would get in in such a short time frame. But I, I suspect we're pushing 16, 17,000 again, which is an unbelievable turnout. And I mean, again, for our fans, what more could they want than after the atmosphere that was the other night and that wasn't even a deciding game. You know, this is, they, they, they have the opportunity to come and cheer on their team and, and hope to chase on a back-to-back championship and there to be able to witness another piece of history. Can't wait for it. Wednesday night, Kudos Bank Arena. The tickets are available now at Ticketek. Chris, uh, all the very best. Looking forward to the countdown to Wednesday. Thank you very much, mate. I appreciate it. Go Kings. Chris Pongrass there. Yeah, tickets now available at uh, Ticketek. Don't forget, to the Brydon's Lawyers, your verdict. Pick one NRL winner each week for the chance to win $2,500. Head to sensurvivor.com.au. 0457 736 736 is the number. Plenty of your texts coming through. Uh, in particular, around this supercars issue and Shane Van Gisbergen's uh, no answers. I'll just shut it down after the race two win yesterday. Back after this. Uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, let's just get to some of these text messages before our next news break with Vanessa. The Oscars, by the way, are underway. So we've um, had our first Oscar delivered, and it's uh, the animated film category. So we're heading towards the big one a little bit later on, so we'll keep you posted throughout the course of the day on that one. Uh, Matty, re-supercars, perhaps I'm cynical. However, that organisation is the very best at self-promotion and appears to deliberately create controversy in order to gain more publicity, especially off the track. I'll stick to the motorsports, which deliver the best on-track action. Bring on the MotoGP and its exciting three race classes at each event, says Rufred from uh, Concord. Uh, thank you for that. Look, I don't think you're right. You're right. You know, a, a lot of sports... Well, they worked out a lot of, long, long time ago that controversy is good for business. Um, I don't think this was manufactured in any, shen- in any sense. Uh, there's way too much at stake, but it's a very technical, very, very technical competition, very technical sport, motorsport, and there are a whole heap of rules and regulations for a whole heap of reasons, and if you go outside those boundaries, then you're going to get pinged, and that's what happened with the situation on Saturday. Cameron says a good question too. My question about the icebox in the wrong spot is, why wasn't it picked up when the cars went through scrutineering? Well, this is something that I'll get to the bottom of uh, in the next day or so, Cameron, because one, one, uh, Aaron Noonan did a great explanation of it, and uh, you can find more on, on his website, which is V8 Sleuth, but did a great explanation about this, that they went... Um, to supercars and the technical manager and went through this procedure beforehand. But Noons did say in the coverage that Red Bull and Mark Dutton in charge, and Jamie Wincup is now the main owner of that team, but Red Bull presumed that they'd been given the tick off. And that was the word that jumped out at me. There is no presumption worth its weight in anything in motorsport. If they had presumed, then they're horribly in the wrong. And I can't imagine that they would have presumed that it was okay to do it if somebody told them otherwise. So there's something missing in the middle of that. Um, but we'll dig to the bottom of that. Uh, good morning, Matt. SVG has always been a sookie sookie lala throughout 
that don't think Jay Dub, as in Jamie Wincup, would be happy with him either. He needs to listen to Christian Welsh, Melbourne Storm's press conference. Respect for others, supporters, especially um, with the hard-earned dollars and attending or watching their heroes. Thank you from Hillstorm Hillary. SVG carried on like an absolute prat, says Oscar. A child's reaction from the 33-year-old man. Amazing race car driver, but inspires no one with the way he carries on in the media. I don't think there'd be a kid out there driving carts wanting to be the next Shane Van Gisbergen. Look, uh, like, like I said, you, you don't have to, just because you are in this sport and just because you happen to be the champion and very good, doesn't mean that you have to be good at the media. That's not how it rolls. There isn't an expectation, and let's face it, in this sport, almost all of them are very good. But there isn't an expectation to say that just because you're in this sport, you have to be a really good performer in the media. Some are, some aren't. There's no dramas with that whatsoever. Should you be respectful? Yep. That should be a non-negotiable. And I don't think that in that instance, Shane Van Gisbergen was being respectful. And like I said, got a problem with the organisation, got a problem with the way that um, things are going on behind the scenes, deal with them behind the scenes. But to brush it aside like that was pretty, pretty ordinary. Uh, not the worst thing to happen in the world, but pretty ordinary. He's never been great with the media. They've worked hard with him, like I say. But in this case yesterday, whoever told him to go out and say, I did my talking on the track, you got it wrong. You got it absolutely wrong. Although Ryan says, as a fan, I don't care what he says to the media. I feel like the media cares more about how they get treated. Part of the game, I'd rather listen to him be himself rather than a cliche-riddled bit of waffle for 10 minutes. Journos always beat up on athletes for this, but at the end of the day, they don't have a job without the sport. It's not part of the sport. It's part of journos making headlines. Thank you, Ryan. That's the other view on that. Here's the news. Thank you, Vanessa. Of course, Jimmy Smith coming up. And then later tonight from 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Saving Time, the first serve with Brett Phillips talking tennis. So let's take you over to the Indian Wells Masters Tournament where we've got an Aussie on court at the moment in the round of 32. Uh, Jason Kubler in action. So Brett Phillips is there and has it covered for us. Good morning. Well, good day to you, BP. Um, Kubler, so he's a set down at the moment to Francis Tiafo. Yeah, he is, uh, Matty, and just going to break down in the uh, second set. So, look, it's a tough assignment. Uh, you know, the Aussies up until the weekend have done a terrific job, some coming through qualifying, uh, some winning their first round. Uh, but the weekend hasn't been so kind. Uh, we've got Jordan Thompson later on who caused the ball over against Pass, which has given him a spot in this uh, round of 64. But, um, yeah, for Jason, look, he's, he's not playing a bad match, but you're up against Tiafo, who's just a bit, bigger in everything he does. I mean, he's serving pretty well, uh, particularly, I mean, about 90% he's going out to that forehand on the juice side of the court, really stretching Kubler, which basically puts him outside the tram line. So trying to get your court position back to rally uh, a guy like Tiafo is really tough. And he's got an American crowd here who are right uh, right behind him. Stadium number two is where I am. And yeah, it's a beautiful court, like all the courts here. But yeah, Jason, look, I think, you know, still... This year, I think a marker is somewhere in that 40 to 50 region of the rankings. This is a long tennis year, but he's, uh, you know, took a good step beating Dimitrov, even though he retired. But yeah, today, just being a little outclassed. Set the scene for us over there. I've never been to Indian Wells, but I've obviously seen it. And um, I was looking at some fairly incredible pictures of the, the place itself. I mean, it's a very flat part of the world and they've spread themselves out with some massive stadiums. And I, I, I get that it'd probably be noisy most of the time. 
Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, it's Look, it's been regarded as the fifth major now for a little while. lagged behind for a few years. Now, a guy called Larry Ellison, you know, a billionaire with Oracle over here, Matty, he bought the whole tournament, and Larry just wants to check uh, every year. He's upgraded the facility unbelievably. It's right in the Coachella Valley. Oh, it's it's right in the valley where you just got lost. You just went into the valley of darkness. I'll see if Mark can uh, get BP back on the line. But I tell you what, go have a look at the website and zero in on a few of those photos in particular because it's amazing. And Larry Ellison um, buying into that. Well, um, I know that we've got a lot of fans of Sale GP as well. Well, Larry's the man behind that. He's he's the owner of Oracle. He's absolutely minted. And he's pumped the funds into this, the Indian Wells Masters. So Francis TFO, uh, 6-3 in the first and now leads 2-1 um, with a break in the second. So 6-3, 2-1 for Tiafo against Jason Kubler. We just lost you as you are talking about the Valley, um, BP. So you went, into the, <laughs> you went into the Valley of Quiet, but um, we got you back now. I think I did. <laughs> yeah, no, as I was saying, it's a beautiful spot right in the Coachella Valley. Uh, Centre court, uh, second biggest uh, court behind Arthur Ashe Stadium at uh, about 16,000 capacity. So the players, um, when they come here, they almost they do feel like they're playing in a, a grand slam in a lot of ways. So if you're not going to put any of the four majors on your resume, this is the next biggest one to win Indian Wells. And yeah, look, it's you know a big draw. It's like a grand slam draw, 128. Although the, you know there's buys in the first round, so you're down to well, you've got to win six matches to win the tournament. But the grounds here, I mean, the village stage yesterday, John McEnroe with his band, it was unbelievable. I mean, people who were just, uh, it was like they were at a rock concert uh, whilst the players are playing on courts nearby. The Bryan Brothers, the most accomplished doubles pair ever. Uh, they've got a band who uh, play here at Indian Wells and uh, they just do it really well. It's quite a, um, you know, a stylish sort of clientele out here who come to the tennis. They're sitting on their Moe Chandons and, it's not too many, uh, not too, not too much of a rough element, I've got to say. Yeah. Oh, mate, you you fit right in. All right, so we've got Jason Kubler on court. We've got Jordan Thompson still to come. Uh, you'll cover it all tonight in the first serve as well. Enjoy the rest of the week, mate. Yeah, I should just say, Matty, I think we're just on the app uh, tonight. Obviously, with the big day five of the cricket. So if you want to catch the yep. first serve, SEN app is uh, yeah the best place from eight o'clock tonight. Good man. Have a good one. Brett Phillips there with the first serve. So, yes, the SEN app download. If you don't have it, mad, download it. Um, take it with you. You can get absolutely everything crystal clear as well. So, Brett Phillips there will keep you updated with that score. Obviously, Jimmy will keep you going with that one. Uh, Tiafo now leads 3-1. So, he uh, is set up and is a break up leading 3-1. So, Kubler serving and Thompson, Jordan Thompson is scheduled to go on a little bit later on this afternoon. So too is Daniil Medvedev as well. And in the women's, uh, Petra Kvitova still to get on court on this day. Uh, Sakari, Maria Sakari has gone. Bichess mm. Pagula also going through. So some big names at a massive tournament. Like they say, they call it the fifth major. Alrighty, let's do this. Time for the Tribune on a Monday morning. Independent, trustworthy and dazzling. Time now for Tommy's Tribune. How'd you go on the weekend, Tommy? Yeah, very good, Matty. How about you? How about yourself? I had a great weekend. Yeah, yeah it was it was busy. There was all sorts of stuff going on. I, I like what Matty John said. We've only got two eyes. Um, we've got a million screens and radio stations in front of us. And right here on the SEN app, you can 
to pick and choose, but I've only got two eyes and two ears, so I had to squeeze as much as I could in. Um, Roosters? Yeah, so I went out to the game on Saturday with a bunch of mates. It was good. I mean, um, the good, we got the win. The bad, uh, the red zone attack. So I think the Roosters, I looked at half time, they had 65% possession of the ball. And at the end of the first half, they're only leading eight points to six. So they've got to fix that up quick, smart. Um, the other good, Jad Rio Hargraves and Victor Radley will both return this Friday night against the Bunnies. So some big, big ins. And remember that last game that they played against each other was the seven deadly sin bins so in the yes. finals last year. So it's going to be a fiery encounter on Friday night. I'm looking forward to later on in the week when we have to write our predictive headlines yes. for Tommy's Tribune because we've got some doozies lined up uh, in round three. So the predictive headlines. Go- I mean, had you come up with seven deadly sin bins... Oh. The weekend on Tommy's Tribune, we would have had to shut the shut the organisation down. We would have, would have had a, to have just yeah. Would have been a time traveller. Yeah, conceded defeat. So if you can, if we can crystal ball this week, we'll do that a little bit later on. Now you were part of the production team for the historic broadcast of the Supercars yesterday, right here on yes. SEN. Now, how much of a Supercars fan have you become in the last twenty four? 48 hours. I definitely know a lot more about supercars and motorsport, and, and that, that is thanks to um, James Moffat and Aaron Noonan. Uh, you, know, you, both know, you know them both very well, and so their, their pros, their expert analysis and insight was, um, was something that I desperately needed. I was speaking to Noons before the broadcast, just trying to wrap my head around Triple Eight Racing and Van's, Van Gisbergen being disqualified from race one, but it still meant they were allowed to race in race two. I've, I've, I've mentioned it to you before on the list, I'm not a big rev head guy. Fully respect the sport, but I don't know. It's just I've never fully watched like a full race or a full event over a weekend, but I will start doing that this year now working on the coverage. So I'm excited yeah, about nice it. Nice work. Yeah, it was great, mate. I was in the car and I I was tuning uh, in. I, I got the first full half hour of the broadcast and then did the did the merry dance to try and listen to as much as I could. But um, it was fantastic. It really was. And I've had my say there. And our, our listeners are having plenty to say about the way that it panned out with Shane Van Gisbergen. Afterwards, but let's have a look now at Tommy's Tribune. Yes, and see see how you performed in particular across the weekend with your headlines. I think they went pretty okay. So my first one was in regards to Latrell Mitchell having a little sledge against the Penrith Panthers leading up into the week. He said there's some cracks in the windshield um, at Penrith, and I said cracked but still smacked. Now I did tip Penrith to win by 13 plus, and that did look like on the cards um, for about 60 to 65 minutes until South had a little bit of a a comeback in the end there, but I, they still got the win. Um, so they were cracked, but still smacked. So can I get a tick there, please, Marky? <laughs> uh, my next one. Now I went out yes. on a limb here and I, I said, dogs wish art on a dream. So Tyron Wishart had the big, big job in replacing Cam Munster at five eighth on Saturday night. And I tipped the dogs to go down to Melbourne and win in Melbourne for their first time since 2016. And boy, did they do that? Give me a tick, please, Mark. Yeah, two out of two. This is now this my is last size. one. Now this can be a tick, and or it can also be a cross. Now I said chaotic Clemmer because I thought David Clemmer was going to get the crazy eyes as he does against his former team. Didn't and didn't um, finish on the greatest terms, but he saved a little bit of chaos for after the match where he kind of yeah. swooped in and helped his teammate Tommy Talau. So I think that deserves a tick there, please, Mark. Thank 100%. you very much. Yeah, I mean, we, we often talk about the fact that our headlines can be written um, with the photos that we don't print. Yes. So we don't print the headlines, but we don't print the photos either. But if you had that, that photo of Clemmer being in there pushing away Jackson Hastings, 
there you hit your headlines just chaotic clamor crazy eyes you've nailed it you've absolutely nailed it anything you you need in particular from our listeners before we wrap it up today uh, not really, but you have mentioned it throughout the show. So the 95th Academy Awards are currently on. They've handed out... And thank you, Mark. Don't, don't, don't play me off. No, don't play me off, seriously. So uh, Pinocchio won Best Animated Feature. They've had the two supporting actor roles um, awards given out. So both Kiwi Kwan and a legend of the, the silver screen, Jamie Lee Curtis... So they've both wow, won. So Jamie Lee Curtis. They've both won Oscars for their roles in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which you mentioned. So it was filmed for about a budget of five million, five million dollars. Excuse yeah. me. It's grossed over 110, 120 million plus worldwide. It is the big, big favorite heading into the Best Picture. It's won every single award leading into these Oscars. So yes. if you like your movies, you like the Oscars, then um, that's probably where, where it's going to finish up later today. Now, listen, I, I said this morning that it, it jumped out on me, and I've, I've been a film buff my whole life, but um, for whatever reason, I just haven't seen a lot of these films this year. In fact, I've only seen two out of the ten. You've seen all of them. I have seen You've all seen ten. You've seen all of those yes, that I've have seen been all up ten. for best, yeah, best pictures. So everything... Uh, everywhere, all at once, is is gonna. It's gonna be the standout story. I think. I think that much is clear. Is it the best picture that you that you saw out of those ten? Was it my favourite? I think I've got a, about a ranked fifth. My favourite was Banshees of Inisherin, which has Colin Farrell in it, Brendan Gleeson. My second favourite was Tar, led by our Aussie Aussie legend Kate Blanchett. And then one of the best was made over one point five billion dollars. Top Gun Maverick. It's just a great movie. And funnily enough, Tom Cruise not attending the Oscars. Not attending. Right. Yes. So here's the thing. I love Top Gun Maverick. I absolutely love I thought it was fantastic. Oscar award winning? I don't think so. Yeah, 100%. 100%. A great crowd pleaser, Matty, which is what you well, need yeah. from time to time. Perhaps you're right. Okay, so just on that, best actor? Austin Butler will probably win for uh, Elvis. Yep, I'd agree with that, um, given that I haven't seen any of the other movies that any of the best lead actors have been nominated in, and, and best actress. So you've got Kate Blanchett for Tar, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. Yeah, so so it's it's either between Kate Blanchett for Tar or Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Because Kate Blanchett has just once, twice already before in her career, they might lend to Michelle Yeoh, who's been a legend in herself as well on the silver screen. So... Kate's the favourite, but I'm going to tip an upset, and I think Michelle Yeoh wins Best Actress. There you go. You heard it here first. Nice work, Tommy. Back after this. It is. We're almost at the back end of this show. Well, we are at the back end, which means we're almost at the end of the show. Jimmy Smith uh, taking over. Jimmy, big weekend for you. Gee, it was great to to tune on in and hear everything going on yesterday, especially with supercars, yourself and Noddy as well. It was good fun. If you're at the back end of your show, that must yes. mean we're at the front end of yes. our show. <laughs> we should start getting ourselves ready, right? <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the great joys in my life to watch you walk into the studio um, just a few minutes before and here am I picking your brain and I can see your brains going, I've got a bloody show to do, mate. I, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to get to work in just a sec. Um interesting stuff at the supercars. Gee, there was a bit going on. Mate, can you explain that to me? So Shane Van Gisbergen is clearly the fastest driver. We understand Saturday there's a bit of controversy around that, and I think there's a continuation of an appeal there from Triple Eight Racing. But can you explain the journalist exchange with Shane Van Gisbergen? I I don't understand the context of it. Maybe you could provide some, Matty. 
Well, Chad Nalon has been around for a long time. He's, he's part of the commentary um, group there at Supercars, and he is in that role on behalf of Supercars to essentially host the press conferences. So right. I don't think there's any history between SBG and, and Chad. Chad's a, a, one heck of a professional. So um, when it comes to that sort of back and forth, I don't think there's anything in that. However, there's some obvious history going back about Shane Van Gisbergen making some comments about the Gen 3 car. Um, Davey Reynolds had some pretty strong words about parity on this program a couple of weeks ago. And from what I'm trying to piece together, there might have been a bit of a slap down from Supercar, say, hey, just cool your jets on slamming our new era here. Then you throw into right. the mix the race one technical infringement and all that kind of stuff. Yes. What's happened is somebody's told Shane, uh, listen, when you get out of the car, we'll just shut it down. You did your talking on the track. That's it. Shane doesn't have enough media nous to control that properly. And he looks like a complete nutter whinger and therefore disrespects. So that's how it, that's, that's it to me in a nutshell. Is he a complete nutter whinger? He can be, but they can all be. Oh, right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they can all be. I just think, I think it was, it was poorly handled, um, badly right. directed by whoever directed him to it, and it was and it was quite disrespectfully delivered. Um, it, there's one thing to say, look, you know, it's been a tough week. I don't really want to buy into it, which he did then explain with some prompting from Davy Reynolds. But to me, to just sit there and just brush it off is is pretty ordinary. It's pretty ordinary. I forget about the fact that he's the champion. The, the fact is, he's a competitor in this sport. He's one of the faces of the sport. So. Look, he's not the best media performer. I don't expect him to be, but I do expect him to be respectful to both the person in front of him and the fans that are watching and listening. But it was it was awesome coverage, mate. It was awesome. Now, um, what's coming up on your show? Or have we just soaked up all the time for you to get ready? No, no, no. We've, we've, we've got a bit going on, actually. Uh, we'll talk to Zach Bailey, all the latest coming out of round two of the National Rugby League. Paul Smith, the part owner or the majority owner of the Sydney Kings. They've got a game five, Matty. That's pretty exciting yeah. stuff. And Tess Connery will tell you what everyone has been watching over the course of the weekend. So lots, of, lots of high-quality sport going on. Yes, exactly. All right, mate. You enjoy your show. Jimmy Smith. Coming your way, of course, the cricket as well. Thank you, mate. He'll keep you across the Oscars. Indian Wells is happening. So much football to talk about. The lot still to come here on a Monday morning on your home of sport in Sydney and around the network, in fact, SEN. All right, we are just about done. So Jimmy Smith getting ready to bring you the afternoon show, and he's got a packed program. Just a couple to finish on uh, off the back of our supercars discussion. Fans of motorsport, says JB Mackay, don't care what drivers say after an event. They care what they do on the track. It seems to me the journos are the only ones that care about what happens. Uh, if the drivers say what they mean, they get fined and penalised. So why say what they want to from JB? And then on the flip side to that, Matty, it really takes away from how good a driver SVG is. Disappointing to see and hear. As you've said, there are many other means where he could bring up those problems. Yes, he'll probably keep winning. But there's no sport without the fans, and so many of the drivers are great with fans and media. Would he be this way if he was losing? Not so sure. So there you go, both sides of the argument. And that's the great thing. Right here on SEN, you can buy in any which way you want. Jimmy Smith is coming up. Don't forget the run home this afternoon with Joel and Fletch as well. And we'll do it all again tomorrow morning. We'll see you then. Have a great day, everyone.